Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Got Tony Watley coming on here in just a bit. We're gonna bring the fire. This dude is driven, making a massive, massive impact, teaching you how to be a side hustle millionaire, growing your impact and your influence. He just is a massive servant leader, serving with love, really making a difference for other people. So definitely stay tuned. We're just getting started. I'm gonna share this out as well. Freaking a, we we are we are launching up in here. I love it. So I'm talking to you specifically too because you're becoming your greatest possible self. However, I can support you with that, encourage you with that. Definitely stay tuned to the 12 Hour Marathon. If it's having a conversation with Tony, joining him and his group, I know he has an awesome group. Whatever those next steps are for you to become your greatest possible self, let's freaking do it. And uh, I'm here to support you with that. Okay. Next up is the iTunes review of the week, and let's see who it's by this week. It is by, and I just shared it. Logic, it's like covering the bottom of my face. Logic says, such passion and high energy. That's right. Chris provides such enthusiasm in all he does because it's who he is. His podcast is a great resource with fabulous guests. I'm excited to have found this platform to learn as much as possible to expand my life on so many levels. Logic, thanks so much. I appreciate you. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple podcast store and you can do it there. Thanks so much for tuning in and choosing to become your greatest possible self with us. Now, I'm going to be introducing Tony in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen. This dude is doing big, big things, interviewing epic people, sharing powerful wisdom to help you become your greatest possible self. So definitely stay tuned all the way through to the end of the interview because it has the power to change everything for you. Let's introduce Tony and we'll bring him on. Tony Watley became known as the Side Hustle Millionaire after his book with the same title became a number one bestseller on Amazon. But this book title isn't just fiction. It's based on his actual story. Tony once led a successful corporate career for over 25 years, but that is less interesting than the side businesses that he created, which generated millions in profit. As an active entrepreneur himself, he still owns a few businesses, but his real passion is teaching entrepreneurs how to start, scale, and sell their businesses within his consulting brand, 365 Driven. And we're blessed to have Tony with us here today. Tony, you ready to rock the house, my brother? Damn right, Chris. Let's bring some fire to this energy, man. We're wrapping up the day, but we want, we're not done yet, man. This is, it's been a long day for both of us, but you know what? <laughs> we're here to like wake people the fuck up. That's right. Oh gosh, you get me fired up. Okay, we're diving right in, man. Today's theme is serve with love, Tony. What does that mean to you, brother? Man, serve with love. I think that you just put or put your people before yourself. And that's one of the things I'll tell you. If you want to build a successful company, you got to think about the community that you're going to build around that and impact those people and change something in their lives or make them have some entertainment or inspiration or some kind of a thing that they're going to take away from that. Because there's a lot of people out there building companies really to sit on top of the mountain and pound their chest and act like they're the king of the hill. But those people are never going to be successful, especially nowadays with social media and having the accessibility to our audience. Yeah. You got to serve the people first, man. Everything we do is for them. Man, I, I love that, man. And really, that's what generates the buzz I feel like about people is like when you're really out there adding value to people, having powerful mm -hmm. transformational conversations that really make the difference, that's what grows people's businesses. And if people are like just constantly making offers or whatever it might be, like from a place of selfishness and like, hey, I want to get, that that just doesn't work, especially for new entrepreneurs who are like, I'm trying to to do what these you know bigger brand entrepreneurs are doing. I see them making offers all the time, but how do I actually serve with love? Love, man, I, I really see you doing that group in your group, man. It's it's really cool. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I always I always do a concert, conscious conscious effort. I think when people go out and do a message, a lot of times people stand on their own digital stage, these these social media platforms, and they just want to talk about themselves. And I get that I'm a guest, and I'll have to talk to myself about myself. But when I fire up my own videos and get into the group and do things, mm -hmm. or on the podcast, I'm always listening for the ear of the audience. What would they want to hear? What can I help them with? And that's just a, a redirect that most people really don't focus on. 
That's great. I love it, man. I love it. So you're doing some awesome things today with 365 Driven. Tell us a little bit mm -hmm. more about that, man. So 365 Driven is a brand name that I launched about June of 2017. So it hasn't really been around that long. It's just something that's a passion project for me. It's a legacy builder. I wanted to build an entrepreneur's community, and that's what's grown into the 365 Driven group on Facebook. There's about 3,000 people. Your listeners are more than welcome to join up and go if they want to be growth-minded and help people boost up. It's a great place to serve and ask questions and not be attacked. So we, I'm, I'm very big on building community. So my backstory is I built an automotive community started in 2001 and it grew to 300,000 registered members. So, and that was just my big, my bigger group. So I had another one that spun off of that. We grew to 180,000 people. So I'm a community builder. If you were to ask what my superpower is, it's always about building the community mm. and 365 driven. I, I can already see the vision. It's going to be much, much bigger than both of those combined combined. But you got to have the, the the tough love. You got to be the humble leader. You got to be willing to kick the cancerous people out of your community and make it a safe place to participate. Because when you have negative people and arguments and people that are being passive aggressive or saying like, you should just use Google instead of like, you know, they knew the answer to the question. Those are not the people you want in your community. And when you get rid of those people, now you'll have people that actually want to participate because they know they're not going to be ostracized or, you know, criticized. It's like, you got to create the safe place for them. And I did that with a car community. You imagine like a bunch of car dudes, like alpha dudes, like myself, like you know, <laughs> wanting to like start fights and like, you wouldn't say that to my face and stuff like that. Like we still got rid of those negative people from that community. That's why it grew, man. We just didn't allow it. And it's probably, I'm sure you've noticed a, a contrast between the car community, which is maybe not so invested in personal development and growth and no. you know, entrepreneurs who are like, hey, I want to be the best <laughs> version of myself and, you know, like really contribute to people more so than this is about my ego. And that still, stuff still comes up, but I'm sure you've, you've been relieved to see it's probably not as rampant as in the car community. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, it's it's totally two different demographics, but yeah. in the entrepreneurial space, there was a lot of business owners, and I actually started a lot of companies within that company. And mm -hmm. I've got some friends that I built seven and eight figure companies from a brand that I created. It's just an idea. So that's kind of another thing. It's like your idea has to be big enough to support people that dream, and um, you know they're supporting your idea. And I think a lot of people nowadays they think just really too small. Mm -hmm. And to me, like thinking big and thinking small is really the same amount of energy spent. So why don't you think bigger? And remove some of these glass ceilings and these limiting barriers that you have really for yourself. Dude, this is this is powerful. Tony, this is gold man, already thinking big at the very beginning of this. And I love, you know, the 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 story that you shared with me about 365 driven and you know being a car enthusiast. And and you mentioned you created a company, um, you created a community, especially with these car enthusiasts to come be a part of. Like what was what was it like at the beginning when you were first setting off? Did you did you have a big vision of a community or was it just like what what was the driver? No, there was nothing about growing it to that scale. I think it's just a testament to the professionalism that we put into it. I had one business partner, John, in Chicago, and he was a business owner himself. And I was a project manager, engineer, so I'm very analytical, and I can see the, the processes and systems. And we just did things right. I said, if we're going to do this, we were actually competing with another existing product. Imagine that. Just, that's the, the way of business. It's like... How can we do things better yes. than what's existing? That's the best way to think. Like mm. so many people think they got to be inventive and like come up with something brand new, but really you just got to do something better than what exists. And so we really wanted to build an online community just for car guys to hang around and talk about cars. But we really didn't think about making millions of dollars doing this. It just grew and grew and grew. So I, I still remember the number that we thought in our head just kind of as a joke. It's like, you know, my, my partner, he was driving a, a new Camaro and I had a new Trans Am and they were both about $500 a month car notes. And we said, man, if we can make $500 a month each, I'd be like having a free car. It's like having a hobby that pays for itself. And he's yes. like, yeah, that'd be awesome, dude. Because we both had careers. We had good paying jobs. And so we did this. And then within like three months, I think we we're making $10,000 a month. We're like, oh, this is like legit. And honestly, we didn't even start that business with an LLC originally. We just said, yeah, it's just a cool thing to do. And I like to build websites and tinker with things. And let's just see where this goes. And then we started making real money. I was like, oh, man, we need to like start paying taxes and do all kinds of stuff with this. Like, this is actually a business now. So it just grew and grew and grew, man. And, and within two years, I was already making more than my corporate salary was. And then we sold the company six years later in 2007 to a large corporation. And had an exit in 2009. We had to do the you know the transfer of custody and hang around and make sure we didn't sink the ship type situation. Yep. But 
those are the things that you live through. And man, uh, it, it just scaled out of hand and, and it got, it got really fun. And we started to be able to have people supporting the, the business, the infrastructure, and we got to use it more as a consumer, mm. even though we're making crazy amounts of money from doing it. That's, that's so rad. I hear that you, you just, you were passionate about it. You're like, Hey, what, mm-hmm. what does the marketplace need? What do they want? And how could I do it better than what exists right now? There's a certain way that I know it could be done and I'm going to, I'm going to deliver that. And so it's like when you start from that place versus saying, Hey, I want to just go make money. I want to engineer a problem that's, that's mm-hmm. not there and create a need because that's, I want to have like ego in it. It's like, no, you said, Hey, I love this. I want to, I want to serve more people who have similar needs than me. And like, it just, it just blew up from there. Grew, man. That's, that's so awesome. Yeah. I think you got to build something that's bigger than you. And most people want to name the company their own name and they just want to be the king of the mountain. And these are the things that are going to limit the growth of your company because there's very few people in this world that become like those mega superstars, like in our space, like Tony Robbins would be a mega superstar. He can name his company himself, but he's been around for 25 years doing what he does, even when he wasn't making any money. He just had this vision of who he was going to become. But even now, that's one of his closest regrets. I knew someone that was actually in his, his, one, his one-on-one mastermind kind of coaching program. And he confided and say that one of the mo- main regrets he had is that he didn't build a company. He built a brand around himself wow. because he knows that time is finite and he's not going to be around forever. So it's going to be his estate that manages his message. Mm. But he, he didn't build something he can pass the torch. Mm. You know, so if you would have built a company, a brand like a 365 driven, and he was just the face of that, that's perfect because it's still the same thing and it could grow bigger than him, which is bigger than him right now. But, you know, he could have a succession plan. It could be like, hey, the next person that's going to take the reins of 365 driven is Chris Burns. And I want to start bringing him and incorporating him into these things. And you'd be the one on the stage. And you know what I mean? It's like there'll be a transfer of custody so that legacy can continue rather than a history or a documented history of what he did. And and the values, the values can be conveyed so much more effectively in a in a company than a person. It's like a person, yes, you can yeah. I, I think in the short term you can kind of say, oh, who is who is this person? Chris Burns. Oh, he has so much great energy. But that that's like short-lived. It's not yeah. legacy building versus greatest possible self. You know, there's so much, so much impact with that and 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 like just Depth, And so I yeah. see with 365 Driven, you have so much depth that can be created, building the foundation deep so that the skyscraper mm-hmm. can can just be massive, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, my website, the first one I sold would have not done good if I just called it Tony's Garage. <laughs> and it, it's like, you know, like if Mark Zuckerberg would have called Facebook Mark's Mark's page right. or Mark, Mark Zuckerberg page, like, <laughs> like nobody would have been like, cool, I want to be on that. Nope. So you have to have the foresight of the thinking about what's coming and what, or, or really not expectations of what's mm-hmm. coming. Like obviously there's not, not, not many people are going to build a Facebook, but you don't want to create a false barrier that doesn't need to exist. Like you have to give it the opportunity to get there. So a lot of times the naming convention just screws people from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Dude, so, so powerful. So I want to talk about the the leap to create 365 driven and like what, what the transition out of, you know, successful car community and business and going into 365 driven. Why, why did you make that transition, man? So I've been helping friends for the last 15 years build companies because they knew that I did that and I had the knowledge and I had the confidence I could, I'm a good coach, right? So I've always mentored even in the corporate world. And I, I remember, dude, as a kid, I would learn tricks on my bicycle or my skateboard and, and teach the other kids. So I've always been that person to just learn something, apply it, get good at it, and then show other people. That's just who I am. I'm a teacher. I'm a coach by nature. So I had all these people coming to me and asking me how to start their businesses and things like that. And like I said, some of them have built seven and eight figure companies. I've created at least a dozen people that became millionaires mm. just in the last 15 years. I just did it privately. And so they're like, dude, like you should be doing this. Like, this is what you should be doing. And I'm like, man, I got this job and I've got, I've got this engineering degree that I paid for and, you know, making multiple six figures and I got businesses to run. So I was using all these excuses because I wasn't comfortable being on camera. I wasn't comfortable standing on a stage. I'm very introverted and quiet in person. I've had to learn how to speak effectively. I can tell you've invested in yourself as well because if people want to get the message, you got to learn how to speak with conviction and energy and transfer that through a lens. And it's very difficult for people to learn the skill, but it's, it's attainable. So you're listening to somebody right now that if you would have interviewed me two years ago, I'd have been like very monotone. I would have had one volume. 
I'd have spoke with no emotion. I would have just been monotony. I would have just been like conversational, like here's what we're doing and here's how I did it and blah, 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 blah. And so I could have the most amazing fucking story ever, but if I could not convey that with emotion mm. or transfer of energy, mm. you wouldn't even hear it. The listeners would tune in. They would tune back out like, oh my God, this guy is so fucking boring. Like, I'm not going to listen to this. So you could write the best book in the world, but if you don't know how to tell a story, right? Like nobody will know. Like it's all positioning, marketing, and learning how to use these strategies about public speaking. And so for me, I had to become that right person. And 365 Driven, I said, you know, I have the story in me. I mean, I don't know many people that have created millions of dollars from a part-time thing, like working on the side, like less than an hour a day. Like, come on. Like, it's, it seems like so far beyond reality, even myself. I'm like, I can't believe I was a part of that. Mm-hmm. So when I started to recreate this with other people, I said, okay, this is kind of something that I'm kind of unique at doing because mm-hmm. I'm not the 24 seven hustle, dude. I don't believe in that. I've done that. Like my college years working full time. I want to make a lot of money. Like while I sleep and like, while I go on vacation and while I travel the world and like go race my cars, like I don't want to have to show up nine to five. I don't want to have to do all these different things that people think are requirements for success. Mm. I disagree. You think, you know, think Jeff Bezos has to work like, you know, 24 hours a day to make billions of dollars. No, he's got people to do that for him. Now he probably enjoys doing some of it, but he doesn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be able to get that message out. So I wrote the book, The Side Hustle Millionaire, you mentioned it, mm-hmm. and that became a, a number one bestseller on Amazon in nine hours, dude, because I've got the marketing background. I knew the strategies and I said, okay, marketing a book, it's not much different than a product. Like there's mm-hmm. validation, there's involvement, there's updates every every couple of weeks to keep the audience kind of just you know salivating it's coming it's coming hey thank you for adding your support vote on these book cover designs let's get yeah. you involved and yeah. you keep people involved and it's this pre-marketing i did that for six months i actually started marketing the book before i typed the first word wow and so the strategy so i learned that other people had number one best i was like how do they do that mm. it's not a luck factor it's like you don't just write this book and go okay, it's for sale now. And like, and hope that people discover it. Like you market it, you do it just like any other product launch and boom, like thousands of people bought it in the first week. And it's like, number one, it's like, mm. and I, you know what? Here's the funny thing, Chris, I put that Amazon number one bestseller or gold logo, the crest that you see, I put that on my vision board, January 1st of that year. Wow. Before I type the first word, it's like, if I'm going to write a book, it's going to be a number one bestseller. That's my goal. So how do I do that? And I told you, I just, I fig I find other people who've done it, yep. asked some questions, hired somebody that knew the marketing strategy. We worked together, crafted the book. There's a there's a process. There's no luck in a lot of these things. A lot of people just think it's luck. Yeah, man. Dude, I love this. This is this is great. And I think the the thing, the paradigm shift that I think a lot of people might struggle with in this conversation is the hour a day to to really create that kind of success, man. So like how how do we really start to leverage that and succeed with it. Where do we, where do we begin with that, man? Well, I think first of all, you, you get an engaged community that wants to support the mission and like being a part of that. So I had about 75 people working as freelance staff in that company. So we made all our money from ad revenue. When you have a hundred thousand unique visitors per day, you can get a lot of eyeballs and sell a lot of ads. So we had all that documented and we allowed them to put pixels on there to track things and things like that to help them with their marketing. But this, the thing is that, we had the people that were in that community and they were a part of this community. And when they worked for us, they became part of the staff. And guess who, what happens when you're in a staff of something that you're enjoying? You get perks, man. You get free parts. You got discounts. For, and like, so you got all these car people, men and women who are like fanatics about the hobby. They're a part of this movement that's like growing and we're doing four racing events a year and wow. they're getting these discounts and they're getting sponsorships. And they're, some of them even got like free cars to go race, dude. It's like, because they were a part of that thing because they knew that they had back then that would have been like the influencers on Instagram, mm. like the people that were notoriety and like racing and setting records and had cool cars. They were like the influencers of our community. Right. So it's almost like I owned a very small Instagram with 300,000 people. And there was about you know hundred people or so that were like the influencers who were making things happen. So all the manufacturers were like, Hey, we want our parts in their hands. Like mm. we want them to write our articles for the magazine. So this is the kind of thing that you can do is you can leverage the exposure and the things that you can provide your your people and then they can just go make the deals themselves and you can kind of endorse them yeah they're a part of our team they're they're moderating this section of this this website like you know they're going to write all the articles for you and they're going to do the ad copy like and then from then i had people that were building websites for me so i had like side hustles within side hustles because that's how i started dude i used to build websites and then i <laughs> built this one 
And then I said, oh, cool, man. I was making like $2,000 a website building those things. I enjoy doing that. I'm a creative analytical type combination yeah, guy. Yeah. So I can code and I can do graphic design. So I enjoy that aspect. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I can only do one website like a week myself. Like maybe I got some friends that build websites. And so you had to imagine like all these people wanted to advertise on our website, but they didn't have a website of their own or their website was really crappy. Yeah. I said, like, hey, let me do a consultation and tell you like how to make a better web page. Mm. So when you advertise with us, you'll have a better effect. So, dude, I had like all these verticals. I had like people making websites. I had people doing ad buys. I had people writing articles and copies for magazine print out articles. And you know, I just had all these freelancers and I had about 75 people like doing all these different things. And I could just kick back and manage that. Like, you know, be like the, the connector of all that. Yeah. This is beautiful and something that like I'm still at the beginning of the journey with it here on the marathon, but like with the guests who come on, you know, they all have different needs. Some of them want to write a book. Some of them want a better website. Some of them want to, you know, get PR. Some of them want to grow their coaching business, grow their mm -hmm. business in general. So it's like, there's a bunch of needs and it's like, how do I fulfill that? What What's the most potent one? What are people most hungry for, most willing to invest in? And it sounds like you just, you said, Hey, what am I already doing that I already enjoy? You know, like I see that there's a need and just having conversations with people to, to like build that. Did you ever have a challenge uh, in the beginning, like selling the websites or anything like that? Like, were there any big challenges to fulfilling that need? I was always comfortable in the sales because my very first job was McDonald's at age 15. Actually, like last week, I actually posted a picture of my very first paycheck because I still have it as a wow. stub. I made like 140 bucks after working 44 hours. So, <laughs> so I, ha I have that very first paycheck and, and I was 15. And then I went into the restaurants and I was working chemical plants during the day, like in, as a laborer and a pipe fitter and a welder. But I was also waiting tables at night. So I, was, I wasn't where I wanted to be, Chris. I didn't have the life I wanted. And I was willing to do what it took. And at that point, I only learned from what my parents taught me is like, go get extra jobs. And dude, I was working on cars on the weekends and waiting tables every single night and then had a normal job. And that's what I did. That's how I had to get ahead because I wasn't where I wanted to be. I just I was like, I want that. Like, how do I get mm -hmm. that trading my hours for dollars? Mm -hmm. But I, I learned how to do sales from working in the restaurants because I was a waiter. And then I became a waiter trainer, then a bartender, then a manager of a restaurant. So yeah, this introvert has learned how to operate as an expert when it's required. So I learned to become a very effective communicator and have the courage to ask people and upsell people and do these things. And I got very comfortable by reps. It wasn't easy at first. Hell no, man. I, I remember like hiding from the counter at McDonald's, dude. I would rather wash dishes. And I did. <laughs> I'd rather wash the dishes in the back and stock the, the, the storeroom nope. and cook burgers. I would rather just stay behind, the like get away from the counter and the drive through because I did not want to talk to people. And I still today don't like making phone calls. Like, like I don't like calling people unless it's like an emergency or it's an important thing. Okay. So I'd prefer to do all my, my communications through email because I can do it on my own time schedule. Mm. And yeah, it's just, it's just like, you have to learn to operate like a, in, an extrovert when it's required because you know, you know, as well as I do, Chris, like the, the people who hide in the shadows, the people who are afraid to put themselves out there, they don't get any rewards in life, man. Mm. We can sit on the sidelines and look for the, you, know, you go back in the school, like the, the guys that were willing to go ask the girls to the dance, they got the dates and the rest yep. of us kind of sat, showed up stag and like, well, we've got no girlfriend, like, and because we were just unwilling to do it. Like it was, it was like that fear of rejection, the fear of criticism. These are the most powerful things that keep most people, even as adults, from doing what they need to do because they see other people living the life they want. They can see that they can do it. They believe that they can actually do it, but they're not willing to put the, the, the effort in and actually try, man. They're so scared. Dude, and you know it's it's interesting because it's it just seems so foreign to people. So they they've disconnected from doing it, from even attempting. You know, yeah. and I, I think it's so awesome. Like your podcast, the age of podcasting and social media, mm -hmm. how accessible things are information, messaging, creating connections, like there's not as much risk as it used to be to pick up the phone and, you know, call someone that still moves mountains. Like, right. We, we get yeah. the power of having a real conversation with someone. And like, if you can just message people and say, Hey, how's it going? You know, like, Hey, yeah. I, I love that you're putting out this content. Hey, you know, I had a question about this. Can I get some, some help with it? There's so much less risk today to get started and to for people to like really begin their entrepreneurial journey, start testing, start validating ideas and, and just get started, man. 
Dude, it's, there's never been an easier time to build a business. There's never been an easier time. When we started the other side, we had to cold call people to come advertise with us. We had to do giveaways to get people to sign up. You know, we had to do all kinds of things to get people to show up and do things. And then it started to get the momentum. And, you know, momentum's a big thing, even like what you talked about the podcasting. Like, if you think that you're not going to get those big name guests, I started my show just over a year ago. It's been like a year and one month. And I'm just about to hit like a hundred episodes and like, I'm getting some big name people on that show that a year ago, I didn't, there's no way that they would talk to me. Like, who are you kind of thing, you know? <laughs> but it's like you said, you build rapport, yeah. you make those, those DMs with them and you just have conversations with them and, you know, you shoot things and they go, okay, this dude's not asking me much. And then when it comes to the time, like, Hey man, got this audience. I want to talk about this episode. And I dude, I, I love the things that you talked about and you got to be real specific, you, you know, people that have a lot of, very little time. They don't want you to pitch to them. Mm. They just want to know like, you know, Hey, I see what you're doing. I appreciate this. I love this one episode 65 that you met this thing. And it was some takeaways. Like I want you to bring that to my audience. Could you do that, man? I'd love to have that. And then they're like, yeah, dude. Cause now that you've come across as a supporter, as a fan, they're going to be like, okay, man, this guy's cool. And he hasn't been bugging me. Like, but if you, if your first contact to anybody's a pitch and it's not to give them something like, Hey, you know, just dude, you're, you're not going to do it right. It's not, it's not going to work. Nobody likes to get pitched on their first contact. Mm. And it, it can be a challenge, I think, for people, a lot of people today mm. who've, who've burned their boats, so to speak, and they're storming the island. They're like, hey, like I, I gave everything to go after this profession in this career, this coaching, mm -hmm. this business, whatever. And they're like, I, I want to serve you. Like they're so hungry to serve people. And it can come yeah. across as like desperate and attached and like, you know, it doesn't feel good for them to, you know, build a relationship because they're so needy. And so yeah. I think it sounds like for your journey, a, a really key part was having the the safety, the security while you're doing your side hustle of paying your bills. So you don't need to mm -hmm. put all the weight and the pressure on this oh, yeah. baby seedling that's that's just being born, you know? <laughs> well, well, you know, when you have a when you have a job that your bills are paid in, you can take bigger risks with your company and you'll find mm. that people are just ultra conservative with everything. But it's like, if you got your bills paid for, like go all in, man, like spend some money, like run some ads, test things out, like, and, and maybe you'll fail, but you're going to learn something from every failure. But you know what? Another thing is people need to go find people that have done what they want to achieve and hire them, mm. hire a coach, hire a mentor, join a group that's done it. Because I'll tell you, that is the fastest path to growth because not only are you going to get a supportive coach or community, you're going to get people who are encouraging you and supporting you because I'm going to tell you when you start putting yourself out there and do things, and I'm not telling you, but anyone that's listening, you know, just general out. When you start putting yourself out there and start doing things that are beyond your norm, you're not going to have like hundred percent support. Mm -hmm. You're going to have people that you thought would support you who do not. And they just criticize you or make fun of you or what are you doing? Are you going crazy? Just all these kind of things because they don't understand it and you don't have to make them understand, but understand that mm. you're going to lose support in some places and you're going to find that people actually come out of the woodworks that you would have never thought supported you that suddenly support you. Like, man, I love what you're doing. This is incredible. You're impacting my life. Keep going. So you're going to get some trade off, but I'll just, I'm just kind of preemptive telling people to what to expect. Cause a lot of times people think, well, you know, all my friends are going to support me and what I'm doing and, Man, it's a bunch of bullshit. That's so untrue, dude. <laughs> it's so untrue. You'll find who people truly are when you start to pivot and evolve or do things that are improving. But it used to bother me because I'm a giver and I like to help people. And we, are, you know, we we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that you got to quit taking things personal because a lot of times people think like, "What did I do wrong? Did I say something wrong? Did I, why do those people like, dislike me? Why are they making fun of my messages?" And then you're like. Oh, fuck those people. They're just miserable. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, you know, like, you know, my life sucks. So I'm going to try to make Tony's life suck too. Cause here's the thing, Chris, like people who are generally happy and genuinely fulfilled, they do not waste one second of their time trying to make other people feel bad. Think about it. When you're in a good mood, yeah. the last thing you want to do is go try to make somebody feel bad. Mm -hmm. It's like you want to make everybody feel good and go party on top of the mountain with you. So yep. understand that those criticisms are coming from their place of, you know, lack something that's the scarcity mindset or the envy or the jealousy or something that's within them. And then when you understand the psychology behind that, it empowers you to not worry about it so much. So you can just realize like, Hey, you know what? I don't care that you don't get my message because obviously this message is not for you. So just move along. You know I mean? Go find your happiness. And I hope that you do.
Yeah. Yeah. It's like wish, wish people the best serve with love rather yeah. than serve with attachment. Like, Hey, yeah. do you want to buy my thing? They say, no, well, screw you then. Right? No. Yeah. Like, say, Hey, it's, it's not meant to be Hey, it's all good. You know, if there's anything else I could do to, to support you, people, connections you want to make, like, I think really not, not burning those bridges of relationships and yeah. like saying, Hey, it's, it's all great. You know, don't, don't wish down upon people. Don't spend time and energy, like bringing people down. If they, things didn't go yeah. as planned, you know? No, I mean, it's, if, if somebody's coming from a good place and they're doing things for a good cause and they're just not trying to be a shit bag and like screw people over, that's different. You know, if yeah. you're if you're doing something bad, like you deserve to be called out. But if you're actually yeah. trying to help people and people are being critics, it's like, fuck you, man. It's like yeah. you're so miserable. And that's why you're doing that. Like, I understand the psychology. And so I start to show empathy. And, and here's the funny thing is like you'll get people that troll you sometimes. and They're like. Uh, and they're trying to like argue with you and they're trying to get an emotional reaction out of you. Yeah. And the best thing you can do is go, Hey man, I'm sorry. You don't understand like what's going on with this, but I hope you find your peace and like your happiness. Cause it's, it's apparent that something inside you is bothering you, but this isn't the right place to vent it out, but I wish you well. And then they keep trying to get the emotional and they call you names and they call you, you know, snowflakes or whatever. They're just trying to call you names to get the emotional, but you don't give that to them. And you keep mm. staying on message. Hey man, I, I can see you're going through some things like, you know, if you need some help, dude, you know, reach out. I'd be happy to help you. And eventually those people, nine times out of 10, will delete their own message because they realize that after this chain of five, six rebuttals, they're making themselves look like a total asshole yeah. to the entire people that are watching. And then other people start jumping in and going, man, you're just being a dick. You're being an <laughs> asshole, man. Like, like what's wrong with you? Like, he's like trying to help people. And, yeah. you know, so people just course correct themselves and they realize like, man, I am just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And they, nine times out of 10, they'll just go delete their own post. And that's fun, dude. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a man. It's like a Jedi mind trick. Yes. And, and it's also having a really <laughs> powerful community too. Like where people know where they stand and they know what the values yeah. are of the community. And I'm sure that, that takes some effort in the beginning to really cur- curate that. But once the momentum yeah. is there, then you kind of have a community who's like, hey, we don't take no shit from nobody. And if you're going to come in here and like really belittle people and criticize people and, yeah. and, you know, not spread that energy, usually they're the ones who will like stand up and fight for you, for That's this right. group, for this greater cause and community that is is a sacred space, man. Dude, you got to lead by example. You got to set the standards like that because... I've been in some Facebook groups. I had like 40 and 50,000 people and you think, Oh, that's amazing. That's great. But you, it's like some shit fest where people are like talking crap and you know, people are like, you know, you should use Google and don't ask that question. That's stupid. And you know, or, or someone will actually, you know, ask an entry level question. They'll go, Oh, you're a noob. Or, you know, it's like, those are the kind of people you don't want in your community because mm-hmm. what happens is you got people like me who are in that community that would actually answer those questions, but I don't want to deal with the, the backlash and the idiots that are going to respond. So once you, you know, you take your, your company and you start to just lead by example, people are going to, okay, now we know what's tolerated. Now we know what the core values are. Now we know how the culture is like, now we're going to participate. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm curious, what do you really strive to um, deliver in 365 driven as far as, you know, helping entrepreneurs to get where they want to go and be successful? What I, what I envision is that I understand that there's a lot of different levels of entrepreneurship. There's people who are just wanting to get started and there's people who just got started and there's people making seven, eight, nine figures and maybe in a billion, I don't know how many billionaires in my group yet, definitely some nine figure companies in there. But it's the thing is that as an entrepreneurship community, we need to run in a pack where we support each other and encourage the entrepreneurial process. Mm-hmm. Because when you go through the public school system, you don't even know what that is. You just don't have any options because the public school system is, is and I, I went through the public school system. Yep. They, they're basically the factory that churns out employees. And I don't have anything against employees, but the thing is, is they only lead you to believe that that's the only thing possible. So mm-hmm. think about it, Chris, what do they tell you? They go, Hey, Go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a degree, get a job, get a steady job, find your wife or husband, white picket fence, dog in the yard, two and a half children living in the suburbs. Like this is the the perfect life that they teach you that this is the American dream. But then you see people that are in your town that have the nicer cars or the bigger homes or the more freedom and they get to drop their kids off and like coach their kids games because they don't have to work anywhere. And you're like, what do they do? Well, they're business owners. And then a lot of times we grow up in the middle class or lower middle class. And we think that business ownership is reserved for other people. We think Mm -hmm. that success, that's not me because there's nobody in my family with money. So I'm not going to have money either. And you have these self-limiting beliefs that are created before you're a teenager Mm -hmm. and they carry into adulthood. And someone starts telling you like, 
man, you can make $500,000 a year if you do this and take the skill and monetize it and they glaze over because they don't even believe it for themselves <laughs> because they just don't believe it. Their subconscious layer is so programmed to think about, I can only make $85,000 a year because that's what my dad made. Yep. You know, that they believe like they can't even exceed their parents a lot of times because they see their parents as the father figure, the mother figure, like mom only made $50,000 a year. So that's, that's my limit. You know, I can't be better than my mom. You know, there's a lot of subconscious layer stuff that keeps people grounded dude. they don't believe it in themselves. And one of my superpowers is really just observing people and getting to know them and finding out what that makes us. I can see potential in people that they can't even see themselves. And I try to extract that from them. And I, and I hear, you know, I hate to say it, it's probably like batting like 40% because I'll tell you, most people cannot, they just can't get out of their own way. They don't believe like I can see the talent. I can see the charisma. I can see like where we can get them there. They don't believe it in it for themselves. And that's never going to happen until they believe in it. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? We have this ability to see the best in people, right? Like creative engineers, visionaries, constructing what's possible for, mm -hmm. for the, for our reality, for ourselves, for others. But if they don't buy into it, if they're not willing to do what it takes, if they are more committed to their comfort than to growth, Dude. then, you know, like, hey, I want you to succeed and you're coming to me asking for help or, you know, saying you, you're really tired of whatever you're dealing with. I get it, but I don't see the willingness. So I'm here. No. My door's open. I love you. But it's clear you're not ready for this. So I wish you the best on, on your journey. I think a lot of people uh, really hold themselves down and lower themselves, their standards to try to save people, in, in, mm -hmm. in, especially in entrepreneurship and you know, attracting clients and stuff like that. They're just like, I'll take whatever. And it's like, no, you, you really got to set your standards and yeah. say, these are the types of people that I work with. And this is what I will and will not tolerate and, and like be unapologetic about it, man. But that's, that's hard to go from middle class and kind of being told what to do to get to that kind of point. Dude, those are, those are some bombs you just dropped. And, and I can add to that because that's a real tough love subject for me when people come to me and they make a bunch of excuses or they say things like, I don't have time. That's a big one. You've heard it all your life, too. People say it all the time. So here's the thing. If you're, the, if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who fucking aspire to be average and live mediocre lives in suburbia and like do nothing and not do anything impactful in their lives and they want to be very comfortable, maybe they're making that low six figures and they got all their bills paid and they got the new BMW in the driveway and they think they're living large. Like if you're surrounding with your people, surrounding yourself with those kind of people who don't want to improve on a continual basis and get better every single day for the rest of their life. Yeah. What happens is they use that same excuse back and forth, like they're playing tennis. So it's like, I don't have time. I don't have time either. I don't have time. I don't have time either. So they're just basically throwing the same surface level excuse back and forth. Because when you hang out with a bunch of fucking people who want to be average, mm. they know not to dig deeper, man. When they hear that excuse, that means like, Hey, we're at the back dead off. end of this road. <laughs> like, like that's my excuse too. So we're not going to go deeper here. Dang. So when you hang around with people like yourself or myself and you bring that excuse, then you're like, Oh, you don't have time. Mm. What did you do yesterday at three o'clock? Uh, I don't know. Why don't we start to like map out your calendar on a daily basis yeah. and figure out what you do every single hour of the day? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I, yeah, I don't do that. Like, I was like, let me show you my calendar. And I bust it out and it's on my phone. I got the Gmail calendar. It works yeah. very well. Be like, look at my schedule. Look, I know what I'm doing four weeks from now <laughs> on three o'clock on a Thursday. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, that's how you do shit. Like, you got to plan things and you got to call yourself out on these excuses. So when you start hanging around with people, like, yeah, man, this is tough. Or, you know, you know, the man's holding me down, all, all these victim mindset things. If you're hanging around with people like that, you're never going to crawl out of that box. Yeah. Realize that those people are defining what your potential is mm. because you're surrounding yourself with those kind of inputs. They're reinforcing that fucked up mindset that you have. You need to start hanging around with people that see bigger things and talk about dreams instead of their past. If people peaked in high school and all I could talk about is this Uncle Rico, like I was this and that, <laughs> I did this and that. And they're not doing the things that they need to be doing. And you're not having conversations about them. Man, what are you doing next week? What are we doing in a year? What are we doing yes. in five years? Hang around with people that speak like that. Yeah. I had a, a friend of mine say, don't surround yourself with people who you share a common past with. Share share your time with people who have a common future. You're going, you're Boom. growing, you're building million dollar businesses. You're, you want to be a billionaire, grow into a billionaire. Like yeah. if that's our aspiration, we got to be around those kinds of people who want to make that kind of an impact because to, to stay around other people, we will behave like them. We yeah. will have the activities and engage in things that they engage in, the excuses, the mindset, whatever it is that keeps them where they are in that life 
life of averageness, then that's that will trap us too. So we really have to be so rigorous, so unapologetic with our time and that's how right. we invest it. I love how you said, you know, your calendar, you you will determine how much someone will make by what is on their freaking calendar, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and it's, it's, it's so powerful. Like it's the accountability and the support, that's the most important thing is we are pack animals and it's good to have that pack of people to support you. But let's say, let's say like you need to go lose 40 pounds and, and you're like thinking about being on a diet and you're hanging around with a other bunch of people that are all 40 pounds overweight and you go, man, ah, man, I missed the gym today. And, and, the, and, and, the, and the people that are in that same box be like, oh, that's all right. That's all right. Like, don't worry about it, man. That's all right. But if you said that to somebody that's like coaching you, they'd be like, what the fuck? Yep. You're making fucking excuses and fucking go. Like, have you ever left the gym and felt like you, why did I come? No, mm. you, you always leave the gym going, man, I'm glad I came. Yes. Always, always. So bet on that future version of yourself instead of thinking about the the current version, you know? That's that's gold, man. I want to talk about clarity on the future because I know we've kind of talked about your environment, who you hang around. Uh, in terms of designing a future or getting clear on a business idea, I know you mentioned mm -hmm. in the beginning, you're just like, hey, how do I how do I serve some people? So what's the balance between being in the present moment, serving people and just you know kind of testing the, the, the tactical on the ground floor level as well as like getting clear on the long-term vision? What would you recommend about that, Tony? I, I tend to link, I'm more future forward. I always yeah. tend to think of myself like three to five years in advance. And I think about what is the level of fitness I want to have? What is the relationship quality that I have? What is the financial success that I want to have? What is the things I'm working on? What big impacts can I going to be creating in three, three to five years? And that goes like this nowadays, like three to five years goes by so fast. So it doesn't seem far-fetched unless you're the person that lives day to day. Mm. If you're like the day to day person that just gets out of bed because they're pissed off because an alarm clock woke them up and they trudge to work and they, you know, they just don't really take care of themselves and they just kind of just go through the motions and they get home at six o'clock and they sit on the couch and they veg out and they're maybe, you know, just, just, just going into a comatose state or whatever and just trying to, you know, hide from their lives. You're and, making me sick, Tony. Stop. Dude, dude, <laughs> dude it's like, if, if that's, if that's describing a listener or someone that's watching this on the replay, like really question yourself, like, why the fuck am I here? What is there more potential in my life? Can I do more than this? And the answer is yes. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Like you need to remove those limits and, and quit using the excuses that I've gotten you to where, you know, you're not happy. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of people walking around on this earth thinking, well, you know, Chris, I, I didn't finish high school or Chris, I didn't go to college, you know, and these people are smarter than me or, you know, so-and-so is better looking than me. So I can never get the audience like that. Or, you know, whatever this bullshit that you're holding yourself back from, like you got to go invest in yourself because here's the thing is a lot of people want the results they see based on what other people have, but they're not willing to invest in themselves to get better. That's the honest truth is most people are not willing to become that version of themselves three to five years. So I think about, what does three year ahead, Tony, make a decision today? So if I got on this call with you, and we're doing a live video, that three year ahead of person's like, you're going to get on that call with, with Chris and you're going to try to impact at least one person that's listening to this and get them inspired to do something. Just one person. If I can inspire one person, it was worth me getting on this call. So that is the way you got to think about things. Yeah. A lot of people think about, hey, what's in it for me? Mm. Now, Chris, are you paying me to be here? Nope what's in it for me? Like, you know, why do I want to come on your show? That's how most people think like, Oh man, I got time. I can go be watching TV. Like, I, you know, I got things going on, man. I'm missing one of my, my paid membership groups. I'm in an Arte syndicate. There's a live meeting going on right now, but I'm here not as a spectator. I'm here to impact people. See the sacrifices you make. Yeah, dude. And, and I, I love that. It's about how do I impact one person's life right now? I love how you said that, yeah. man. Cause I think, in the beginning, especially for a lot of entrepreneurs, they get caught up comparing the numbers. And it's not about the numbers. It's about who can I make a difference for in their life today. Every single conversation, I think that's, you know, with sales too. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are in the, the journey of sales and like getting good at that. And it's like, if you focus on a big number, like I got to, oh, I got to call 40 people today, you know, that, that can be overwhelming and paralyzing. But if you say, Who's the next person I'm going to get on a call with and make a freaking difference in their life? Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, like heart-based people who are like, I, I really care about people, when I focus on the big numbers and you know goals, those are all important. But if I put too much energy there, it's overwhelming. And so I really, I like to stay, stay in the present moment and say, okay, who's the next person? Let's let's figure out who, who do I care yeah. about? Let's, let's yeah. think about the person I care about. Send some love to them and then pick up the freaking phone and say, hey, I love you. How can I serve you? Dude, energy, energy transfer is huge. Like if you just got rejected on the phone and you go, oh, well, I'm, I guess I got to call the next person. You don't think they're going to hear that in your voice? 
you have to reframe with every call. Like, okay, that rejection is one closer to a, a you know someone that's going to say yes. Yes. So you make it a game. You're like, okay, I know that by the metrics, so if I get rejected 96 times out of 100, then I know that there's going to be four people that says yes. So every time someone says no, you go, hey, cool, Shh. one closer to a yes. Right. Let me reframe my energy and get back on the next call. Man. So you are also attracting some really big name people. And I want to talk about like what, what does it take to attract that level of, of relationships? I think you have to have enough, I guess, self-confidence is one thing. Like you talked about confidence is very attractive anyways. I think that if you hold yourself at the same level, instead of sucking up to people, you're going to get a lot more attention mm -hmm. like that. So I get that there's a lot of people watching. Well, you know, it's easy for you to say, Tony, because you got your millionaire and this kind of thing. But you know what? It's like I wasn't always like that. You know, mm -hmm. it's like you have to not put people on the pedestal. You can admire people. There's a lot of people I admire, but you not can't like just suck up to them. You just got to be like, hey, bro, like this is awesome, dude. I really appreciate what you're doing. Just have dialogue, yeah. create some rapport, maybe create this little online DM message. And then when the time is right, you're going to feel it because it's in your gut. You're not going to feel like you're just trying to take advantage of something. But you're like, hey, man, I'd like to have you on your show, dude. I, I really love your message. I want to share with my audience. And nine times out of ten, I'm like, hell yeah. Or they'll be like, dude, I'm busy right now, but let's do this. Like, I've only been declined by a couple, and that's okay. But I know that they're going to come back around. But they didn't. it wasn't like a hard no. It wasn't like, fuck, no, I'm never going to go on your show. <laughs> Who do you, you think know? you are? It's okay. Just like, dude, you're, like you're I'm overcommitted <laughs> right now. Because I have to use the same things. Like, dude, I'm overcommitted right now. I got to yeah. do these things. But appreciate that. Yeah. So the thing is, is that it's, it's all about the impact. You know, if you want to do the things that impact a bunch of people, the funny thing is, I've, I've recorded 100 of my own episodes, but I've been on over 120 guest slots wow. on, on podcasts. So I've actually been on more shows than I've created in my own. Yeah. So you don't think you're going to get a lot of reps and like get your message out there. And that's what you do, man. Like mm -hmm. you don't know if like if that guy's got, you know, here's the thing that I, I talk about podcasts, you know, cause there are a lot of people out there that have, you know, they have this ego about them. Like, Oh, we are, my show is just too awesome. <laughs> and you know, and, and like, you're not good enough yet to be on my show. And I get that because as we get more notoriety with our show, we can, handpick the guests that we want. Yeah. I have to decline a lot of people too, because they're not coming at you with the right vibe. They're not, mm. they're not wanting to, to bring value to the audience. They're wanting to use you to springboard some product or service or book that they got. And it's like, dude, my audience is listening. They're right there. Like quit pitching me. Like they're watching this pitch. You know, that's how I kind of think about it. Like if you were going to pitch me and like the audience was sitting right there, what would my audience say? Like, that's mm. how I kind of think about it. So if you're going to pitch me, it needs to be like, man, I want to bring this fucking fire to your audience. And I've got these things I've discovered and, and I'm going to impact them. And if I can change one person's life, that's why I want to be on your show. See, that's different. Now I'm, I'm reframing is I'm providing value. And if you're interesting enough and I want to have that conversation and bring you into my network, then you're going to be on the show. But yeah. it, as you know, it's a very easy to find guests. That's a, that's a fallacy that I actually thought about when I, when I was about to launch. It's like, it's going to be hard to find guests and I don't know if I want to launch this podcast. It's gonna be, dude, just, you, you have 12 in one day, man. Yep. <laughs> you're, you're killing it on a higher level. So it's like, it's easy to find guests and it's easy to handpick the people you want to have conversations with. But I don't discredit the people with very little episodes. Like if you have 10 episodes and you go, Hey Tony, you know, would you be on my show? If I got the time, I'm going to go be on your show, dude. I'm not gonna be like, well, you know, you need a hundred episodes before I'll even like think about it. You know, especially if you've built some kind of a relationship before they launch, like, you know, I support my friends. I try to go help everybody out. So don't get too big for your britches where you don't go take the smaller shows unless you li literally just don't have the time to do it. Right. And that's that's like, hey, you're you got your calendar booked up three months yeah. in advance. You got an executive assistant like you you yeah. are you are slammed. Like, let's be real, like what it would take yep. to, to deny someone, you know, who's who's getting out, because I think also. Uh, people can take for granted what it was like at the beginning of their journey. They can you That's know, right. forget what that was like. And so to be there to support someone, I think that also builds like long-term loyalty. Mm -hmm. You know, when, you're, when right. you're willing to say, hey, like I, I value your effort. I value you reached out. You had the balls to reach out. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm, let me see what I can do. Like if I can fit you into my schedule the next couple of weeks, let's, let's freaking do it. And I think that that really goes a long way today and people remember yep. that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, like uh, Jay Papazon, the co-author of The One Thing, I booked him out like four months in advance because he has a he has one of those schedules. Yep. I mean, he's a VP of Keller Williams, you know, multi-billion dollar organization. 
And I was like, dude, I really want you on the show because the book impacted me. And I'm always recommending the book. And then we got introduced by a mutual friend. That's always a good warm lead. Yep. And he's like, he goes, yeah, man, that's uh he goes, I rarely do these things, but I'll do that because I think that's cool. So I booked him out four months and he showed up on time and there we are. We're on an episode together. So things that you got to plan, you have a little strategy to like do things differently. Like a lot of people ask me how I had Andy Frazella on my show. Cause Andy only does like three podcasts a year, like guest slots. Damn. And the way I got him on the show is I pitched his wife, which is Emily. She's the one that, that actually is like the gatekeeper for all of his nonsense. Yes. And, and I said, I want to talk about cars. I said, I know Andy's a fanatic about cars when he doesn't ever talk about cars. And I've got a lot of car people in my audience. I said, I just want to talk about cars. I don't want to talk about entrepreneurship and business or mindset because they can go to MF CEO project and get 300 episodes of that from him. So she's like, you know what? I think he would like, I think he would actually like this. And it's like, okay, cool. I was like, yes. All right. So a week (laughs) later, she's like, yeah, he wants to talk about cars with you. And it's like, awesome. So we booked him out. It was like two months in advance again. Cause he's a busy dude. Yep. And so when he sat down, he, he sits down and he's got that, 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 that look and he's just look like he's on a bad day. And he looks up at the camera and he goes, so I heard we're going to talk about cars. <laughs> like, and he just, he's big old smile. And he's like, he like, fuck yeah. And you know, when I joined the Arte syndicate and he still remembers, like he goes, there's Tony, man, you're the car guy. He's like, and he invited me to come on his show. He's like, because you're going to come on my show. We're going to talk about cars again. See what I mean? So you got to have something different. If you want a speaker, to be on your show or somebody that's doing things, go find what their passions are. Mm. Go find what their passions are. Like if you want to get Gary Vee on your show, go talk about the New York Jets. He talks about the Jets all the time. Yep. Send them some Jets paraphernalia or just something. <laughs> be like, dude, I want you to understand. Like be creative. Yeah. The bigger they are, the more creative you got to get to get the attention. But find something they're genuinely interested in. And that's going to set you so much apart from the hundred other pitches that they get in one day. Yeah. And also, you know, who, who are you and what do you value? Right. What I'm hearing yeah. is like you value cars. So you're going to find someone who really values cars. And he's also an incredible businessman and mm-hmm. has a huge following doing some awesome stuff. So like if if someone's going for just numbers, like you, you, you like someone because of their numbers, that's yeah. not enough of a connection point. Like you got to yeah. really dig deep into who they are and what they value. And when you take the time to really connect at that level, that's yeah. when we start getting those huge freaking guests, man. Yeah, when you can speak their language, that's gonna they're gonna notice that right away. Like, oh man, this guy's in my tribe mm. right away. You know, mm. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, so for someone who's been on the entrepreneurial journey for a while and they just they they're not feeling like they have the traction, I'm sure you got a a number of people who come into your group and they're like, man, I've just been banging my head against the wall. I feel stuck. Feel overwhelmed. Feel lost. Like, what what do you usually do to support those people? I would say that most of the people that get burned out like that, this, a lot of times they created a business that wasn't aligned with their core values or their passions. So mm-hmm. they did something for the money. So they're probably making enough money and they're comfortable and they don't see the scalability factor. They're just kind of looking at it and they're like, man, just it's not doing what I thought I would do. And I always ask them, is this your passion? Is this something that you love doing? Like, is this mm-hmm. industry or this product or this service? Is this something you love doing? Like, you can't wait to get out of bed. Nine times out of 10, they're like, nah. You know, something somebody told me that this makes money and I'm good at it. And like, that's not good enough, man. Because if you don't have the passion behind it, it's going to feel like work, dude. Just like, you know, I was very good at oil and gas, but it it wasn't a passion. So it felt like a job. Mm -hmm. So think about that. You just own the job is all you own. You're just you're your own boss. So but if you have a passion for things like for me, that's coaching people and standing on stages and doing podcasts like, dude, it never feels like work. I was like, dude, I get paid to do this, to change people's lives and like share my message. Like, are you kidding me? This is awesome. Dude, like show me some more stages. Get me on some more podcasts. Like, like this is fun to me. Like it's seven. It's almost eight o'clock tonight in in my time zone. And I'm loving talking to you and like sharing a message. See, most people be like, oh, fuck that, dude. I get off at five. Like, I'm like, I'm not I'm not doing that after hours, you know? It's a different mindset. So if you lost the passion, really question yourself, like, is this the right business that I started? And and here's the thing is that you got to be willing to trade the good to get the great. Mm. And that's a, that's an evolving thing. Most people are not willing because they get to a comfortable level of income or a comfortable level of this business. And it's bringing in some steady revenue. And they're like, you know, and they know it's not going to scale and nobody's really wanting it. So they can't sell it. And they're like, no, well, I, I, they keep they keep throwing band aids on this thing that's broken. You know, they're not they're not improving. It's not getting better, and they're just going through the motions because it's creating some kind of income. And think about that as a lot of times, even in the employee sector, 
People are not willing to trade good for great. And the people who are willing to risk it all to go do things that they're aligned with and go after their passions, those are the ones that are highest likely to make some impact in the world and have some creative things that's going to blow up. And, you know, it's like you don't, you don't, you don't ever become highly successful just being good. Mm. Like, think about that. You, you be comfortable. You can get comfortable. Yeah. Good, good is average today. You know? Good is average. It's, it's just Especially in a good economy. Everybody's good right now. Yep. You know, so that's nothing like people that want greatness need to trade that sometimes that's taking step backwards. So for the last three years, I had to take financial step backwards, leaving that large corporate salary starting up like with my own money. So I'm burning more money than I'm making. And then the first year I coached 22 people to start their first company. I didn't charge them a cent because I was proving out the process and the repeatability and I had a hundred percent success rate. So once I was able to create that program, the process and the steps and understand like where you know, because I've been doing this 20 years, a lot of times I have to think about what did I, what was it like 20 years ago for yeah. me? So I had to kind of go through that process with some people. And then it's like, okay, now I know all the questions and now I know the book and all these things. And so in 2019, the beginning of this year, I started charging for coaching. It's been great. I became a six figure coach the first year. A lot of people struggle with coaching their entire career. Like, oh man, they're reading books called Six Figure Coach and this and that. And it's like, this, Dude, I did it in the first year. It's because I proved the process and the value that I created is worth far more with their, than what they're paying me. So wow. your value proposition's wrong, or your positioning is wrong, or mm. you're jack of all trades, generalist that no one wants to hire because they want the specialist. So, and you're not exemplifying the things that you're teaching. Like that's mm. huge, man. If you're trying to teach things that you don't even exemplify, it's like why would they pay you? There's there's a thousand other people who are doing it and showing it, and like I'll go pay them. You know, dude. This is gold. Gold, Tony. I'm, I'm loving this, man. I want to I drive it home with some final takeaways. Okay. What do you want our audience to get? Maybe we haven't covered it yet, or if you just want to drive home something we've touched on earlier, let's drive home, brother. I think the biggest thing is you got to be able to bet on yourself and quit taking advice from people who have never done the things that you want to achieve. There's a lot, because every single person, you and me, everybody, we all have opinions. We all have advice. A lot of people love to give their two cents. But the problem is most of us are not trained to give the change back. Be like, oh, thanks for your two cents, but you can have three cents back, <laughs> you know, because people just take the two cents and they think it's gospel. And especially if they're looking at your father figures and things like that and people and your elders and you think that they're more knowledgeable. But that's bullshit, too, because we know that there's kids making millions of dollars yep. and there's there's broke ass elderly people. So age is not a factor. Wisdom is, is not always in everybody's head. Let's be honest. You don't mm -hmm. you don't mature at the same different rates. So. Think about the context of when you get advice from somebody like who is that that's giving you that advice? Look at them and go, hey, have they achieved the things that I want to achieve in my life? Are they exemplifying the things that I want to do? Have they at least tried and failed? Because there's lessons to be learned there, too. Have they at least tried? What is their risk tolerance? Because there's a lot of people when you start a business or try to go on a, a fitness journey and they go, yeah, man. I tried that and I failed. They'll just, they just try to boo-hoo you. It's almost like, you know, when the when automotive scene, like when you tell someone you bought a motorcycle, they always want to tell you how they knew someone that died on it. You know, it's like they're the <laughs> Debbie Downer of business. So, man, I'm thinking about starting a, a new company. Oh, well, you know, Chris, well, most companies, 50% of them, you know, go out of business in the first two years. They'll tell you stuff like that. Yeah. And, and you got to look at that person and go, have they ever started a business? Mm. Have they ever done anything? Have they ever like got out from their cubicle and actually took a chance on themselves? And if the answer is no, you need to like put that in context and go, mm. okay, thank you for that advice. And then just delete it and smile at them and just, just move on. Start finding the advice from people who are doing the things that you want to do. People have done what you want to do and take that advice. Because I think a lot of people let these people get in their heads. Oh man, starting a business takes a lot of money. You know, you got you can't make money without money, Chris. You can't make money without money. You hear that kind of bullshit, and you got to take that again. Like, have you tried? Have you tried starting a company? Have you tried monetizing a skill or knowledge that you currently have to go make money? And you'll find that nine times out of ten, no, they're too scared. They're not willing to take that risk, but they're willing to give you that advice. Right. And I think we can always find what we're looking for. If we're looking for evidence on how mm -hmm. we're right, we'll find it. If we if we're looking for evidence on, you know, how how can someone do it easily? How can someone do it with an hour working a day? How can someone do it, you know, the way I want to do it? it, it mm -hmm. Some people are telling me it's just all this like slaving away. Is that what I want to create? No. So let's go find people who are doing it the way that I want to do it because yeah. I I'm damn sure they're out there, you know. So I think it's really just opening up 
to saying, you know, maybe maybe there's someone who's already done it before. Let's go let's go find that person and learn their processes and learn from them, man. And I know people want to continue their journey. They want to learn from you, Tony, because you're doing some epic freaking things with community, helping entrepreneurs, man. How can they continue their journey with you, brother? They can find us on Facebook at 365 Driven Entrepreneurs Facebook group. You can apply to get in there. And if you're not too spammy on your profile and you don't look like a dick on your profile, then we'll <laughs> add you in because we only want positive growth-minded people. And we do curate that. It's, it's, it's like it's funny, but it's true. And my website is 365driven.com. So 365driven.com. I'll actually type it in the show notes here for people to have that. And you'll find my podcast and everything. It's called 365 Driven as well. And links to my book and all my social media that I'm, I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook, obviously, but it's a great place to be, man. If you just reach out and get the help. And that's, and that's one thing, man, we didn't touch on is like, when you go find the coaches and the mentors, make sure that they have a coach and a mentor themselves, because to me, they can't sell the process to you unless they believe in the process themselves. That's a good indicator. Yep. Yep. 100%. Tony, I love this, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone who's listening right now, go to 365driven.com and uh, join his his group, Tony's group. It's, it's bomb.com. Awesome communication, awesome community in there. And uh, Tony, keep, keep freaking rocking it, man. I love it. Looking forward to seeing the skyscraper, the empire that you build with this. I know this is, this is just the beginning, man. So keep it up. Awesome, Chris. Thanks for having me on and we'll catch you online, dude. All right, man. I'll see you soon. From the bottom of my heart, Thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>